I know that um, every service the devil will challenge and he will try his best to um, distract every service that we have. And he will try his best to keep us from receiving what God has got for us. But to be honest with you, I think we give the devil way too much credit. Um, way too much. Everything that we need to become what God wants us to be, he gives it to us inside our womb of our mother. Now he empowers that thing that he gives us through the Holy Ghost. I believe that in my heart. But anyway, let me um, let me get into this tonight. Um, Jeremiah 8, verse 20. says, The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. Let me read that one more time. It's Jeremiah 8, 20. The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. Let's pray tonight. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your power. I need your help in this place tonight, God. I feel a great weight on my spirit. I feel a great heaviness in my heart for some individuals in this place. Knowing, Lord, that you're coming very soon, and so many times we do not act like you are. But I'm asking that you would help us in this place tonight, God. You touch everyone here, Lord. Help us, Jesus, in your wonderful name. Anoint me. Help this church, Lord. Church, say amen. Amen. Texas. Amen. Waiting on the world to change. Let me say that again. Waiting on the world to change. It is a song by American singer-songwriter John Mayer. Some of you may know it. Today is the first time I ever heard it. Um, it was released as the lead single for his third studio album, Continual, this is how he said it, on August the 1st of 2006. The song enjoyed commercial success as a single and won the Grammy for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance at the 49th Grammy Awards. The song goes something like this. I'm not going to read all the lyrics, but I will read some of them. Me and my friends were all misunderstood. They say we stand for nothing and there's no way we ever could. Now we see everything that's going wrong with the world and those who lead it. We just feel like we don't have the means to rise above it and beat it. So we keep waiting, waiting, waiting on the world to change. We keep waiting, waiting, waiting on the world to change. Another one says, it's hard to beat the system when we're standing at a distance. 
So we keep waiting, waiting, waiting on the world to change. I have to say this part and then I'll I'll go on with what I'm going to say. It says, one day our generation is going to rule the population. So we keep waiting, waiting, waiting on the world to change. We keep on waiting, waiting, waiting on the world to change. One person wrote of this song and said, this is a song about our generation. We're waiting on the world to change. Because at the present time, we don't have quite enough influence to really change things. But we will. As is alluded to the song, when, we, when he says, one day our generation will rule the population. Never heard the song before today. Uh, no doubt some of you have. We can tell by your um, reactions to it in the name of the, of the songwriter. But as I listen to it, it, it definitely has a, a, it's a catchy phrase. And, and the song itself is kind of has a captivating tune. And, and it, it's the guy singing. It's got a pretty good voice. But I, I have much to agree with his concepts because it does speak of the generation that we're living in for sure. We, we have a generation that's sitting back, Brother, Brother Donnie, and letting the world pass by and just waiting, waiting, waiting for it to change. As if they're waiting for the world to change, it, it reminds me a lot of the text that I read here tonight, just one single little text. Uh, it, it, Jeremiah 8.20 said, the harvest is past. The summer is ended, and we're not saved. No research and digging on the commentary of this particular verse, and 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 Jeremiah in this time is writing the Adam Clark commentary. Where let's just say a little bit about what he said about it, talking about the harvest past. He said this is talking about a time when Jerusalem had uh, been in Nebuchadnezzar's uh, captivity, and it, it was second years after the siege of Nebuchadnezzar, and. Uh, the 90 year of Zedekiah, the city was taken in the 11th. It, it seems to kind of be a proverb that uh, they expected deliverance the first year and it didn't happen. Then they expected deliverance in the second year and it didn't happen. And, and, and they were disappointed because they hadn't been saved out of their deliverance of the captivity of Babylon. Kind of reminds me of the time, almost like our service here tonight, to be honest with you. Amen. I'm just waiting. Waiting for this service to pass by. Man, I feel the weight of the world on my shoulders tonight as I looked across this congregation, as I looked at, at people doing their own things in the midst of a service that God wanted to do something great in somebody's life. As I looked across this congregation and I seen, uh, I know we got little ones, I can't say much for, for those, but I seen young adults and adults alike that absolutely is in the la-la land or another world somewhere else. I have no idea. Just waiting, waiting for the world to change. Waiting for this service to change. Waiting for it to be over. They can go back home and start all over again. And, and just waiting for something to happen. And I, I just can't 
in my mind picture uh, maybe God sitting up in the throne room and, and looking down upon every one of us just looking at us and, and, and Brother Donnie as we go through our everyday and go through our routines and, and go through our, our, our some of us through our our addictions that we have in our life just hoping that one day I'm going to change that. One day I'm going to do better. And as we go through everyday thing and here comes another church service and, and, and maybe one day I'll go to the altar and I'll get it all exactly like I need to do. Maybe someday I'll start praying like I need to do. Maybe someday I'll start reading my Bible like I really need to. Or, or maybe someday I'll really get serious about my ministry and I'll, and I'll quit playing games, literally games on my phone and, and, and games and PlayStation games and, and I'll get serious about really really finding somebody that I can live my life with that's serious about God. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, I know we kind of went through this service and it seemed like everybody was scattered here and there, but I asked God to captivate this audience tonight and right now you're all looking at me and I, and I hope it's the spirit of God that's got you captured tonight because I'm feeling what, I'm, what I want to say here tonight for just a little while and I can just see God sitting in heaven and looking down at his creation and just Looking at us with a, with a, uh, in his mind, thinking, what are they waiting for? Amen. What what are they waiting for? Harvest House, uh, what are we waiting for in this place tonight? Listen to me. How long are, are we going to be waiting like the singer, the songwriter, John Mayer? He, he kept said, waiting, waiting, waiting for the change. Keep waiting, waiting, waiting for the world to change. What are we waiting on? Hallelujah. I come to talk to us tonight. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for Jesus to come back before you can really get to where you need to be? Because if you are, it's going to be too late. Come on, young minister. What are you waiting on? You want to wait till you get in your 40s so you can be polished and primed and you can really get out and preach? No, it's not a time to wait, Brother Donnie. Let me tell you what. The harvest is past. There's people out there dying and lost and going to hell. Let me tell you what. We do better than that. There's people sitting in our churches. They're lost and they think they're saved. Hallelujah. We need to wake up and realize and stop waiting. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. What are we waiting for? Amen. When talk to us here tonight. Exactly that question. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? I played the waiting game all my life. Waiting the right person to call me. So I can get out and preach, right? Well, I've been doing this a long time now. I've preaching a long time. Passion 12 years. Harvest that's what we're waiting on. Waiting for the right person to come to church. And what, what are we waiting on? We waiting for our finances to get right before we can pay tithes? Come on. Are we waiting for our heart to get right before we change? Are we waiting for, for Bethany to sing the right song before we go running to the altar to get our heart right? Are we waiting for the right preacher? We're waiting for Bishop White to come back and get behind this pulpit so we can really feel like, hey, I went to the altar when Bishop White was here. You know how many times we go out and hear other preachers and, and I love them and I want to hear them. And, you know, uh, when are we going to get Brother Burns? When are we going to get Brother Aaron Bounds down here? When are we going to get this one? When are we going to get that one? And I'm thinking, when, when, are, when are you going to, hallelujah, buckle yourself down, hallelujah, and become an Aaron Bounds? 
bird. When you're gonna buckle down and get a real prayer life, hallelujah. When you're gonna buckle down, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for the right preacher? Are you waiting for the right time? Are you waiting to get rid of your habit before you get right? What are we waiting on? Brother David, can we have revival and change if things around us never change? Well, that's a good powerful question. Can we have revival and change if things around us never change? Because it seems to me that's what some people is waiting for everything around us to change before we ever get up and do what God really wants us to do. But God is sitting back and saying, what are you waiting for? I done went to the cross. I done shed blood for you. I done made a way for you to have deliverance. I went to Calvary. I sent back my spirit. Hallelujah. I give you the Holy Ghost. I give you power over overcome the blood through the baptism in Jesus' name. I give you the word of God. What are you waiting for? You've got everything Everything you need to have revival. You've got everything you need to change your life. You've got everything you need. Amen. 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 I'm, I'm trying my best to keep preaching with passion and compassion like this congregation. But as I looked across this place tonight, and I looked and I know that we've got some key people not here tonight, key people that generally, and we've got some that is here, but we've got some key people that is generally here to help spear worship and help push worship tonight. And circumstances kept them out of this place tonight. I understand that. But in doing that, exposed some of the rest of us in this place tonight. Like you was just waiting for this one to worship. Hallelujah. Since they weren't here, you couldn't do it tonight. And you was just waiting for this one to sing that verse for you. But tonight they wasn't here, so you couldn't do it. But let me tell you what, what would happen if God took them out of here always and you didn't have them to wait upon. Maybe God's waiting on you. Maybe somebody's waiting on you to get up from where you are and begin to do something. What are you waiting on? Oh, come on. I know, I understand I preached a lot about change and how we need to change lately. But I'm telling you, right now there's something in my spirit that's letting me know there's something important that's coming to our world. Jesus is coming back. And I don't wait, Sister Lisa, until it comes back. I don't I don't want to wait for the mark of the beast to get here. I don't want to wait for this one and that one. Oh my goodness, I've got to change. This city needs revival. We need revival in our lives. It's time for us to get up from where we are. It's time for us to get a prayer life. What are we waiting on? It's time for us to get in the word of God and read this thing like we've never read it. Hallelujah. Oh, fall in love with God with all we got. Hallelujah. God's taking this church to a new level. Is that what you're waiting for? For somebody else to go there? Before you go there? Are you waiting for somebody else to take you to that place that you long for? God gave you that vision. God gave you that dream. God put that inside of your heart. Are you going to wait for somebody else? No, no, no. You don't got to do that. If God put it in you, he meant for you to do it. It's meant for you to get up from the place you are. Don't sit there any longer. It's time for us to get up and be about God's business. Hallelujah. If God is going to take this church to a new level, he will come only when we stop waiting and we do something about it. He will come when we get back to the street. It'll come when you dig in your billfold and put money in the offering place. It'll come when you put your nose in the word of God. It'll come when you get behind the preacher and say, preach it, preacher. It'll come when you're the one that comes through the door and it takes with praise and thanksgiving. And you're not waiting for a brother Cliff. And you're not waiting for or this one or that one to get up and worship God and say, come on, let's worship. It'll be something in the inside of you. Hallelujah. Let's push it in.
Oh, my goodness. We've let things get in between us and God. That's what's the most waiting on. Yeah. We've let things get in between us and God. We've let things get in between us. There's all kinds of things. And what is it? What, what's stopping us? What's stopping us from going forward? We make excuses in this world why we can't change. Well, it's this and that. But at the end of the day, there's just one reason we don't change. We don't want to. We don't want to. I'm going to say that again. You can make every excuse in this world why you don't want to change. Why you can't do this and why you can't do that. But at the end of the day, there's only one thing. There is, Jacob said it tonight as he was talking about uh, about ourselves. And he said it, and it, it is so true. And I was thinking about it. He, he got unchanged. He got talking about that some here tonight. But let me tell you what. There's only one thing that's keeping us from being what we need to be in God. And it's not God. But Texas, it's, it's us. He's waiting on me. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't want to change. You know, there's some things that we can't change. There's some things you're not going to be able to change, okay? No, you can't. I don't care how hard I might try. I don't want to because I'm thankful for it, but I can't change the fact that I was born to Mary and Ronnie Orton on 1970. In 1970, on December 31st, I cannot change that. No matter how hard I change. I can't, I can't change that. That's just it. All right. I can't change the fact that I was born in Hopkins County. It just happened, all right? And, and I could go back and I could change the documents, and it might say I was born in California. But regardless of the fact, the end of the day, no matter, I would still be born in Hopkins County. In Kentucky. In Kentucky, right? I can't change that. I might get some contacts and change my eye color, but at the end of the day, under them contacts, my eye, my eyes are still going to be brown. I can't change it. There's some things you just can't change. You're not going to change it, all right? If it's raining outside, let me tell you what. You may pray and God may stop it raining a little bit, but it's going to rain again, all right? You're just not going to change it. We get so focused on things that we can't change and we lose track of the things that we can't change. Amen. Right. Look, folks, there's going to be murders in this world. There's going to be idiots out there, okay? You, you can't change the other idiots, but you can't change the one that you look at in the mirror. Amen. Amen. You see... There's one thing in this world that is consistent and constant that you and I can change. That's ourselves. And we're waiting for the, the, the world to get exactly right before we change ourselves. Waiting, waiting, waiting for the world to change. Why? What are you waiting on? What needs to happen in this world? Do you have a better status, a better this or that? No. 
We are where we are because this is where we really want to be. Amen. And I know, I know that I understand the concept because I've been there so many times and back up and say, you think I really want to be depressed? Do you think I really want to walk around with this addiction in my life? Do you think I want to walk around with this anger built up inside of me and this unforgiveness? No, I don't think you really want to have that in your life. Do you think I want to walk around and be poverty stricken and seem like I'm always in this circumstance? No, I don't think you want to be there. But Brother Donnie, what I do know is you're not willing to sacrifice to receive the real change that you want in your life. Everything that we receive in this world comes with a price. Everything that we receive in this world comes with a price. And you've got to be willing to pay it. And right now, if you're depression, you're paying the price for it. You're paying, hallelujah, days of darkness, days of misery. You're paying the price for it. It makes more sense to me to go through a, a little bit of harder time of breaking through that and paying the price of sacrifice to have some love and joy and peace in your life. I'm not going to be real long here tonight. I'm not. And I know it's still very early. I, I probably got up. I got up early on purpose as I looked at the crowd tonight. And, I, and you don't know how many times I've, I've, I've sat through services in our church where it seems like at times there's chaos going on. And tonight, I'll just be honest with you. I've been one frustrated pastor from the time this service started, hallelujah, to about midway through the song service when I begin to cry and move through my spirit and say, God, I want to see something happen in this church. I want to see people to break out of that. And God reminded me, hallelujah, you're the man of God. You're the pastor. Hallelujah. If there's going to be a change in this place, there needs to be a change in you. Hallelujah. So I'm telling you, right now in this house, I am the man of God in this house. And I'm, you know what? I'm more, I'm more interested than being your pastor, than your friend. And I'm telling you right now, if some of us don't quit waiting for the right circumstances to happen in your life, you're going to go to hell. The devil has got you fooled. The enemy has convinced you that you're nothing and you're nobody. The enemy has convinced you that you were born this way and you was raised this way and it's always going to be that way. But I've got news for you. In John 3, 5, that is why Jesus looked at Nicodemus and said, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I don't care how he was born. I don't care your circumstances and your situations. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, you can be born again and the minute you make up your mind, We are reactive. We are we are 
is inside of our minds that the only way that we know how to deal with things is through reactions. Well, Brother Orton, isn't that what we're supposed to do? No. We're supposed to be proactive. Amen. What do you mean, Brother Orton? You know what? We wait for something to happen before we react. What we need to do is already have a th something inside of our mind, hallelujah, that says, I'm planning on having victory. I'm planning on going to the house of God and leaving there different. I'm planning on praying in the morning. I'm planning on, I don't care what happens, I don't care what comes, hallelujah. I'm planning on paying my tithes no matter what happens, hallelujah. I'm planning on having victory before this day's over. Something Brother Near said as we was up there the other night, I had a wrote down. I didn't get a wrote down nowhere here, but if I remember right, it's one of you that was there. Brother Near said it like this. And you can, those that was there, you can correct me. About being intentional. Oh God help me. If you're not intentionally apostolic, you will become synonymous. Uh, I'll get it saved. Come on, folks, it's time for you and I to quit waiting. Now get an amen out of that. Listen, I'm not sure what you're waiting on. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're not waiting on God. You're waiting on victory? No. Victory's waiting on you. You're waiting on salvation to come to you? No. Salvation's waiting on you. Come on. Brother Near said, if you're not intentional, you're accidental. Right. That's the point I'm trying to make right here. If you're not intentional, you're going to, it's going to be accidental. What do you mean by that, Brother Orton? If all you're waiting, all you're going to have is an accident. But if you're intentional about your life, nothing in your life is going to be accidental. It's going to be on purpose. I'll probably talk more about that in the, in the next couple of weeks. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to change your world, it's not going to happen accidentally. You're not gonna. You're not gonna accidentally make heaven your home, and you're not going to accidentally make hell your home. If you go to either one, it's going to be intentional. Amen. If you go to heaven, it's going to be intentional by your actions of not waiting on everything else in the world. But Brother Donnie, we're going to get up and we're going to get out of the place that we are and we're going to begin to wait through everything that we're dealing with in our lives. And we're going to be intentional. Hallelujah. We're going to make our mind up and say, you know what? I'm not waiting for nobody else, but I'm going to make heaven my home. I'm tired of waiting. What are you waiting for? I don't know what you're waiting on, but you're not waiting on God. You're not waiting on this preacher tonight. Hallelujah. You're not waiting on the church of the living God. You need to hear me today. Matthew and trails from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violent, and the violent take you by force. Sometimes you're gonna take what you need by force. Sometimes you gotta make your mind up and say, you know what? I'm giving my blessing. I'm not waiting, hallelujah, for this one to get up and that one to get up. But I'm gonna go there with attention, hallelujah. I'm gonna do whatever it takes. You know, man, I'm so envious. You hear me? Texas, Texas. Your boys, I'm so envious and jealous of y'all. Here's my 
Because when I was growing up in the church, when I was your age, I had a pastor who didn't care about me. The pastor didn't get flipped about me. I remember one time when I was 16, the Holy Ghost, almost 16 years old. I was I had when I was nine, but at 16, I backslid, got away from God, and I was on the altar, and I was seeking for the Holy Ghost to be filled back in my life again. And Brother Donnie, I was on that altar, and I was crying, and I was praying, God, please, when we get the Holy Ghost, and I hear my passion in the background say, I don't know what's wrong with him, I'm going home. You have no idea what you're You have no idea what you made me. You have no idea. You frustrate the far out of me sometimes. You adults are saying, but you have no idea what you made me. You don't know the time I put in praying for you. You don't know the time I put in seeking God. These young kids that come on this bus. You don't know what you made me. God, I don't want you to live the life I did as a kid. I had good mom and dad. No, don't get me wrong. Mom and dad, they, they took me to church, but you got to hear me. Now. I didn't have the person who pushed me, impressed me. My daddy was all, he always went to church, but he didn't push me to go. Thank God for that woman right there. Pushed me to be everything I could be. I'm not there yet, but I'm trying, brother. You need to hear me not. You live your life on attention. Don't you wait. Don't you wait till you're 25 if God has called you to preach. Don't you wait. If God's called you to sing, don't you wait. You be all you can be. Don't you wait. You be intentional about your life. Because Brother Near had it right. If you're not intentional, you're going to live a life on accident. Amen. Everywhere you go, everything you do, you're going to step into accidents and your world is going to crumble around you. I thank God when her brother finally took the church. Hallelujah. Uh, I guess I was at age 23 at that time. I thank God. He didn't know any better because he had the same pastor I had. He made a lot of mistakes, but I knew he loved me. I knew he wanted me to be everything that God wanted me to be. And that's why I'm preaching like I'm preaching tonight. I want you to understand something tonight. I don't want you to wait. I don't want you to wait till you're almost, uh, uh, I mean, it's 35 years old before you step into the plan of God and start pastoring like a, I should have been pastoring a long time before that. I should have been marrying sooner. I should have been doing what God, but you know what? I was waiting, waiting for everything else around me to change when God was waiting for me. Amen. I don't care what you was raised in. I don't care what your mom and daddy done to you. I don't care if your mom and daddy wasn't there for you. It doesn't matter to me. It, none of that matters to me. Um, the only thing that matters to me is the fact that God loves you. I don't care what kind of addiction it's got a hold of your life. I don't care how many times you've been married or how many times you've not been married. None of that matters to me. Hallelujah. Only thing that matters to me is this. The fact that somebody quit, needs to quit making excuses of why you can't and look at the reasons why you can't. There's a God that loves you. There's a God 
God that's made a way for you. There's a God that went to Calvary for you and shed his blood for you. Hallelujah. And if nothing else, I know I'm nobody. I might not be the smartest thing in the world. And I might not be the best person in the world. But I know that I love you. If you got a man of God that loves you, he's praying for you. He's reaching for you. Just a few more minutes, I'll be done. Joshua 18.3 Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long are you slack to go to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers hath given you? How long? How long are we just going to sit back and wait? Mary, God's given it to us. Man. God's give us Salem. Mm-hmm. Redonia. Morganfield. Amen. Morganfield, Sturgis. Yes. Dixon. Smithland. He's given us a big chunk of this area. Amen. We're setting up. Wait. Wait. Waiting. For the world to change. I believe the man singing that song, you know what he was talking about? I'm waiting. You know what he's singing about? The best I can tell the song. We're waiting for the church to stop. Because he said in the latter part of his, let me read that last verse there to you again. Of what he said. I don't know the guy. I, have no, I don't know. But this is what he says. He says one day our generation is going to rule the population. Yeah. So we just keep waiting. Keep on waiting. Waiting on the world to change. Come on, folks. We got a generation that's rising up right now. We're, we're, we're sitting back waiting because the church is waiting. Uh-huh. We need the church to rise up. Here's the scary thing, but then we have a church full of people that's just sitting waiting. Yeah. They found their plateau. They're done. Amen. I'm fixing the clothes, fixing to be done. I want to say the scriptures. I'm going to close this right now. Revelation 3 and 14. And to the angel of the church of the lady of Laodicea is right. These things said the amen, the faithful, and the true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works. Listen to what it says. That thou art neither cold nor hot. He said, I would that thou were cold or hot. So then because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot. I will spew you out of my mouth. He said, because thou says, I am rich and increasing goods, have need of nothing, knowest thou not that thou art wretched and miserable, poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee, buy me gold, tried and fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear into thine eyes with eyesight, and anoint thine eyes with eyesight, that thou mayest see. As mean as I love, I rebuke and chase and be zealous, therefore, he said, repent. What, what, what he's saying repent for? Because he's talking to a church that just found themselves eased in Zion, relaxed, just waiting. What are we waiting for? What? What are you waiting for? We wait for just the right moment. So 
went back in the archives of the sermons this week. Some of you know I posted on our Anchor podcast a sermon of Brother John's. Love Brother John. I miss the man. Change, brother. I believe with all my heart, Brother John going to be waiting for us to get there. I'm going to tell you something else now, though. If Brother John was back here with us today, he could talk to us. There's a great gulf fixed between us and Brother John because he's in heaven. I'm going to tell you now, if Brother John could talk to us tonight, Texas, you hear me, son? He would tell you, Texas, don't you wait. I waited around my calling. truth of the matter, he'd probably say, you know what? I waited and let my health get out of control. And I died before my time. Because I just kept waiting. You hear me, church? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting waiting for this preacher to shut up so you can go home. I know I'm making it personal with some of you here tonight. John, your, your brother, your uncle. Your brother Donnie, you hear me? If John can speak to you, buddy, and I know you've been doing better with some things. You got a ministry. Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today, bro. But John said, but Donnie, get your health under control. And yet, I know it's better. There's no time away. Sister Lost, I'm proud of you. You're doing good. But don't settle. There's much more for you. Games are fun, boys. I know some of you play with crazy games, phone to phone each other. They're fun. I love games. There's no way. This fake game's got to stop. Because here's the deal. While you and I are waiting, enjoying whatever we're enjoying, or just chilling and relaxing, hell never stops. The scripture said hell enlarges itself daily. There's a young man standing over there that made an incredible quote. He said, my goal is to make hell shrink. Are we making hell shrink? Or we have to hell enlarge itself to us? Today, I'm tired of waiting here. We're on the brinks of 2018. But Donnie, I don't know wait. Listen, my time is... I feel like I'm on the downhill, okay? 48 here in about three weeks, two, three weeks. I'm going to be 48 years old. When January 1st rolls around, I can say, I'm going to be 50 next year. My waiting game's over. I'm at, I'm at halftime, all right? 
If I'm gonna score some points, it's gotta be now. I can't, I can't wait no longer. It's time. It's time for me to get in the place that I need to be. It's time for me to bear down. Hallelujah. One last scripture, and I ask you all to stand, and I want somebody to find a place of prayer. The last scripture, the rest of this, when he said, he said, repent, then he said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come to him and I'll sup with him and he with me. You hear me today? He's knocking. What are you waiting on? Why don't somebody get up and go answer the door anymore?